very nervous about this really fake country songs thing because they're either gonna be insanely easy or just stupid hard <laughs> i don't know how much you guys know uh, about country music i know okay no i'm i think this is a good kickoff let's just go for it i'm very excited uh for this game uh last week we played really fake with the metal bot and jack has come back with a challenge uh to give us some real or fake country songs yes this is from the uh jack bot um yeah jack jack had actually make these so we'll see if they're insane or like too good there are a couple that i did not make i kind of ran into a little bit of a roadblock and so i did google some things so okay okay i we'll respect see. that um you, you know as long as we don't know ahead of time like i'm sure we just won't even you know know your source or anything yes i mean it's a, it was a weird it was a very much so a southern living source so i hope you guys aren't browsing that but if you are <laughs> no judgment i i get a lot of recipes from there but otherwise <laughs> who All is right. going first uh the coin flip lands on heads All i right, i go first oh, okay <laughs> You had to call it faster than that. <laughs> it's a lag with the internet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Kramer. Okay. My Let's first go. one for you is red, white, and beer. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so hard. <laughs> I'm going to go with real. That is incorrect, sir. That oh. is a fake song. <laughs> You're gonna make us fools after after I embarrassed you with the metal bot. I'm about to look like a fool. All right. All right, time to time to take the lead right off the bat. All right, Jared. Shootout. Coming out for you. Coming out for you, Jared, here. I have You're the reason our kids are ugly. <laughs> uh so like I could totally see that being like not like a pop country, but like a like a you know swinging doors kind of George, like George Strait kind of deal. Mm, no, I, I'm even more like Hank Williams kind of. Uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna say that is fake. That is incorrect again. That is a real song sung by I the that one. sung by the famous Conway Twitty and Loretta Lynn. Oh, okay. So we got it's like proto modern pop country. As far as the uh, real ones go, we got some current and we got some real oldies. So um, you know, oh, I I bet there's some. I bet there's some like there's got to be some like coal miner songs from 1887. Yeah, that's called the Decembrists. All right, Jake Kramer. I'm I'm ready. Let's go. Up for you, my man. Um, let's see here. Oh god. All right, Jake. Rockin' the beer gut. Fake. That is real, my friend. <laughs> that is sung by the world famous band who never really had a hit but had slight radio success called the Trailer Park Choir. Are they like the Trailer Park Boys? B- but they're a choir. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's slightly different. Yes, slightly just, you know, I mean, they kind of look similar, you know, it's 
Whatever. Okay. All right. I'm getting roasted over here. All right. So no one has one correct yet. <laughs> you don't have to rub it in. All right, Jared. For you, the next song is called Backroad Hangover. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's better than where I thought that was going. <laughs> Okay, well so far the pattern has been on and off. So let's let's go fake. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. That one came from the mind of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So good. if Jake gets this wrong, I believe Jared is the winner, correct? That's correct. That's correct. All right, Jake. This one for you is called Beer Never Broke My Heart. That's real. That's real. Yeah, yeah, you probably knew that song. <laughs> oh, you threw me a bone there, but Jared's still in control. All right, Jared. I'm Coming in for you. This. Real yes. Salt Lake stealing it. Coming in for you. I have flushed from the bathroom of your heart. <laughs> That's fake. Don't even that think about it, it. That is real no! by Mr. Johnny Cash. What? The man in black <laughs> himself. You are instantly like, no, it, uh, it can't be. Wow. Okay. Now, now we are the tiebreaker. Do we just? Is it like an NHL shootout where we just keep going until someone loses? All right. So back to throwing it back to Jake. Back. Back to me. All right, Jake. The tiebreaker question on your end is: <laughs> I'll bring home the bacon when you learn how to cook. Real. That is fake, good sir. <laughs> I believe that. Shouldn't yell. Um. All right, Jared, coming in for you right here, man. Kind of most of my good ones are taken here. Um. But let's go with. <laughs> let's go with like my dog. Um. Ah, dogs are dogs are a tricky one. I feel like it's a, they are. It's an underutilized country theme i'm gonna say it's fake that my sir is real by the man <laughs> billy currington himself i don't i don't think i've even guessed okay. real on any of these i think I've the tag for that are, song <laughs> is i want you to love me like my dog does baby <laughs> <laughs> Jared, anything to add? <laughs> just, I'm... All right, okay. So it looks like Jake Kramer here won. <laughs> well, okay, here's my idea. You give us one more. We have to buzz in hmm. if we think we got it. Yes, but if, if you guess wrong, you're out. It's over. The other person wins. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, and are we doing the buzz okay. is whichever one I hear first? Sure. Yes. Because it just could win? be... We just went from official MLS rules to family feud rules. Yes, we are now in family feud rules. (laughs) I prefer family feud probably. Just slightly. Oh, no. I'm not frozen. I'm thinking. Oh, no. What bad? (laughs) I don't know which. This is pressure. I I swear to God, I couldn't even see your eyes moving. (laughs) Because I'm, I don't, I feel pressure now. Okay. Okay. This I've is got so it. good. I hope you know that. This has been very, very funny. Okay. I've got my tiebreaker one. 
Okay, okay, tiebreaker. Okay, so first person to buzz in with an answer is going to be crowned the champion if you are correct. If you are wrong, the other person right. wins. Right. All right. Right, right, right. Let's go. Now pay Let's attention go. here. There is a little kind of pun in this title. <laughs> okay. Can't Ford a Chevy, but my horse is running fine. Buzz. All right, Jared, I heard it's you. It's real. It's real. That is fake, my dude. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Jay Kramer is the winner. Oh, my oh, gosh. No. I, I was like, I, I thought that one, that one sounded like a trap. That was pretty good, Jack. Did you get that from like a Facebook post or something? Yes. No, I got that from southernliving.com. Southernlivingmagazine.com. Whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the show. We're Bad Wallpaper. We've got a plan to create an album in one year by writing some music every week. We'll take our favorites, expand them into full songs, and then record our album at the end of a year. You can follow along on Spotify, and please, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe and give us a review. You can follow us on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper and on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. So, Jake, I have been thinking that we should clarify some things for our audience. Okay. All right. So when we say a riff, I've, I've been having a, like a soul searching <laughs> meditation on like, what is okay. the meaning of a riff? Wow. And, and what, you know, is the, how, how are riffs a useful thing for songwriting? And I think part of this comes from watching the Beatles get back documentary. Uh, and watching like their Love songwriting it. process and feeling like really self-conscious um, because, <laughs> you know, they were literally the Beatles of being the Beatles. So <laughs> it made me think of like, can a song really come from just a riff? Is a riff even like what, what even is a riff? Um, and I'm not high right now, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe, maybe, you know, I just, I posed the question, what, how do you define a riff? What is that? How is that a part of a song? Like, what does it, how does it help with the songwriting process for you? That's a, that's a great question. Cause I think, yeah, as like a guitar player, I, I use a pretty loose definition of riff. It's just like any chunk of like a hook, whether it's like a, melodic hook or just like a chord progression hook any sort of a hook you know now whether that hook becomes a chorus or whether that hook becomes an interlude or you know just a part of another song another song i think for me a riff is just anything that's like something that catches your ear so that that could be even a vocal riff that could be you know there's plenty of drum riffs i think out there that like are the centerpiece of a song like when the levee breaks, I would say, is like a drum riff that drives an entire song. <laughs> Come together by the Beatles. Come together. It's a great example. The, so it, it's essentially a unique part of a song that it, it is like the combination of, you know, the chord progression, like the note you're playing, the way you're playing it, or, you know, what you're saying. But it, it's what, like, kind of ties the song together. 
Is that what you're saying? Or at least it, it's, it's that like seed that the song grows around. Yeah, I think so. So, right. Like, I think that's a good, that's a good way to like put it is whether that builds around, yeah, like a catchy guitar riff or a bass line or a vocal melody. You know, I think a riff is, yeah, what, what, what makes this song pop? Yeah. Another thought I was having was like the freedom to like, even though maybe you wrote a riff and you started writing the song based on that, the freedom to like still mm-hmm. get away from that. Like sometimes you get into it and a new riff like overtakes it, you know, you're, you just kind of like yeah. realize like maybe this isn't exactly what I wanted to do with this after all. So I just wanted to give us like the freedom to do that, you know, as we're writing these riffs yeah. and stuff. But, uh, that uh, was something I was thinking about. So, um, clear that up for our listeners out there. I think that was a nice existential crisis you just had on the air. <laughs> you know, you, you were like, what, what is life? What is riff? What is love? Baby, don't hurt I don't me. know. It, <laughs> did somebody ask you, what's a riff? And you didn't have an answer. Just myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what uh, existential crises are you having this week, guys? <laughs> I'm going to make Jack go first because he went on vacation. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I guess the biggest existential crisis that I'm having is I had to wait until I was 27 years old to go to Disney. Um, yeah. You know, it was... You were deprived of such a child, I childhood was experience. deprived. I was deprived. No, I wasn't deprived. No, but we had such a fantastic time at Disney. I... Definitely started to see what the hype was before I knew we were going on this trip. Never really had the <laughs> desire to go to Disney. Yeah. Like, thought, you know, it'd be like Silver Dollar City. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a theme park. But no, it was really, sure. really cool. We had a lot of fun. It was cool. Went with my seven-year-old cousin. It was cool to kind of see him, like, at breakfast with... We went to that breakfast with Mickey thing and see Mickey walk over and him freak out and Donald and all those fellas. <laughs> and... Mrs. Madams, whatever. Um, But yeah, we. I will say, though, what is absolutely worth the hype about Disney, drinking around the world at Epcot. Ooh, baby. Like, my goodness, that was cool. And it's not even like the getting drunk part of it. It's like the... (laughs) All the... (laughs) No, it's like, it's all the different places. You know, you go to Italy, and you feel like you're walking in Italy. Like, it's just... Oh, it's like the most immersive bar crawl of all time. If you could like bar crawl from London to Paris to, yeah, Florence. Norway to, (laughs) yeah. I mean, it was amazing. And it was like, I mean, we're at Italy and Chelsea, my wife, she was freaking out because they had the fountain that they have in the Liz McGuire movie. So she's, you know, (laughs) taking pictures of the fountain. Like, I'm like, it's Italy. And she's like, Lizzie McGuire. But, you know. (laughs) Um, But, I mean. This is a real thing. It is not from Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) No, she she totally understood that. Just, you know. Okay, okay, that's good. Seeing, neither of us have been to Italy before. So, you know, it was like seeing, you know, the Lizzie McGuire fountain in person. Pretty dope. And I will say, we did this perfect. So, instead of going all the way through. Like, start to finish with, like, just powerhousing, just going through. We did half of it, got snacks Mm -hmm. along the way, broke for dinner, then came back and continued. 
the perfect way to do this. Because I've heard stories from friends. They're like, by the time you get to the end, you are just gone and you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> this is the perfect way. And you got to get the snacks along the way. So there's this like restaurant Absolutely. in China that like had, we got amazing stinking egg rolls, like top of the line. Ooh. And then, you know, we also were super smart. The countries that we really didn't care about drinking at, like the United States, <laughs> like we still drank right. there. Got a Bud Light, like, but we but shared it. But you got it. like a $12 Budweiser. <laughs> exactly, but we shared it, though. See, that's the other key. Oh. You drink at the cool places. You each get your own drink. You share at the ones that's like... In Canada, it's like they have like Moosehead Lager, which I drink here all the time. The liquor store down the road has it. Like, not foreign right. to me at all. But it was like, you know, just share that stuff and you are golden. I'm glad after one visit to Epcot, you perfected your strategy it's impressive a lot of research went into this this wasn't just like <laughs> us winging this chelsea was looking at tiktoks and looking at instagram videos and her friends and all this other stuff this was jack's existential well-being on the line jake <laughs> yes this could have like i can't it was like eminem like if you had one shot to drink around the world <laughs> And I mean, with all that being said, I think I'm good to go another maybe 27 years before I go back. But, <laughs> but, thousand percent worth doing. If you are on the fence, go to Disney, go see Mickey, go drink around that stinking world. It's great. And then you gotta you gotta get a blog and complain about children at Disney World. That's the next step. Uh, <laughs> Magic Kingdom. Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so jake what crisis are you going through currently uh, yeah i guess we're, we're framing this around our own existential crises <laughs> i would say getting the global pandemic was my crisis over our nice little thanksgiving break i was not allowed to leave the house <laughs> but i i will say i did i did get a catharsis which was my last day of like isolation was uh thanksgiving so I, did, I wasn't going anywhere anyways. I just ate, you know, food all day. But the next day, I went on a, a good old-fashioned Black Friday beer hunt. And I got some, some local stouts. And I got some, uh, got some Bourbon County stouts from Goose Island. Uh, you know, it's just fun to go do a little beer hunting and get, get some one-off beers that are uh, going to be real tasty and real fun. Wait, that's a thing? Yeah, yeah. So Goose Island every Black Friday releases the Bourbon County brand stout. And it's like the first barrel aged stout ever. And they only release it on Black Friday. And so like you go to the liquor store and like they have like variants that are like extra special and like those ones are like hard to find. So people will literally like run like between grocery stores and liquor stores and stuff trying to find all the different combinations and variants and stuff. Uh, and then a local brewery here, Trillium, also had some uh, like special Black Friday beers. So I just picked those up. Very cool. Got some uh, Bourbon County stout. Yeah. So it was fun to just like be like, I can finally leave the house. I'm going to go like buy some beer and, uh, you know, just do something I enjoy, which is uh, driving around and buying beer, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Jared, I know you went back to work this week, but uh, so that's probably its own existential crisis. 
Uh, but what what else is going on with you? I feel like I'm the only one having real existential crises over here, guys. It's not. It's not. Yeah, fair. we're we've literally just been thinking about beer. <laughs> yeah, uh, wisdom teeth pulled out. That was that was great. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I could choose between waiting thirty years before going to Disneyland or thirty years before getting my wisdom teeth pulled out, I think. It's not even a fair comparison, so I don't know why I brought that up. But uh... <laughs> would you rather do a nice, cool thing or a bad thing? But honestly, it was fine. Though the worst thing was, uh, yeah, thanks. Like the next day was Thanksgiving, so uh, so many people made the joke about, "Oh, we can put your turkey in the blender for you." I was like, "I'm over good. over that." Oh, yeah, I'm good. But uh, I was just like, "Ooh, you can eat so many mashed potatoes." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did hear that uh, when Jake's wife got her wisdom teeth out, uh, there was a special order of mashed potatoes placed from a fast food restaurant. Is that right, Jake? I I did have to I did have to go get like quarts of mashed potatoes and mac and cheese from Popeyes. <laughs> Ooh, that Popeyes gravy, baby. <laughs> Those are sustenance baby. for like. Yeah, it was. I mean, honestly, it's a good wisdom teeth uh, meal right there. Yep, I survived on yogurt and ice cream. So, oh yeah, it was pretty good. It's a lot of dairy, but if your stomach can take it, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> mama raised this boy on milk. <laughs> uh, do you want to talk about the Adele vinyl drama? Uh, sure, why not? It's musical. Why not? So news. Yeah. The drama was that. So an artist like Adele, you know, she's going to get like, she's probably uh, her record definitely went to number one regardless. Like she doesn't even really care about making money. I mean, she cares about making money, but like the actual sales from with all the overhead of vinyl and everything don't really mean anything to her. But uh, her record label put out orders to fill like hundreds of thousands of, of vinyl records to be like created of her, of her new album. And apparently they do this for like Ed Sheeran and like other major artists. And mm. the problem is there just aren't that many vinyl record, uh, record producing factories anymore. And so this literally like can backlog them for like months. So smaller artists who are, uh, able to actually like hand sell their records and it provides their like sustenance at their shows uh like their ma- like a major portion of their income uh just can't even get their pressings and uh i guess like the reason that like the major record labels do this for artists like Adele and and Ed Sheeran is because like one record sale is worth like a thousand streams and they know that a certain amount of people will just buy like something like that. Like they don't buy it to listen to it or, you know, because they care about it. They just buy it to like buy the thing, you know? And, but then that translates into sales and that is like what helps like set like, you know, billboard records and stuff. So it's pretty messed up, you know? What do you think, Jake? Did I summarize that correctly? 
No, yeah, I think that's a great summary because I I had read a couple articles about this as well. Uh, and, and you know, I don't want to shame anybody for like what kind of records they buy or like okay, if you're somebody whose record collection is just like six pop albums, like great, good for you. Like I have no problem with that. I totally agree. Like go for it. Just just listen to what you want to listen to. But yeah, I I think the the real problem is yeah, like I've heard of indie bands that are you know delaying releases because they if they release a, a record and then can't sell the vinyl, they're not just, they're just not going to sell enough records to like justify releasing it. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of small bands that really, really rely on that vinyl production. And I think in, in this environment, it, it really, it, it's really just a shame that, yeah, it's like, like these big record companies and these big artists can just kind of shove all the little guys out of the way and to the back of the line, even though they don't really need it. Thanks Adele. Have you actually listened to 30 yet? <laughs> I have not. I I have not either. It's, me neither. I, I would put Adele in like the not for me category. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's very impressive. I think she's very good at singing. That's just not really, not really interesting to me to listen to 14 songs of it. I, I thought, don't think that's a hot take. I thought the production, like, as far as like pop albums go, the production on her last album, whatever one that was, like it kind of has like an indie sound. Like it was, it's not, you know, the, it's such a different take of pop music. And I think she kind of corners that like market really well. So, (laughs) uh, yeah, that's fair. That's my hot take on the Adele record that I have not listened to. Wow. (laughs) Wow. We, we really are. We really are exposing new, you know, horizons of music criticism here on this record. We haven't listened to. Well, speaking of records that we have not listened to, like Adele's 30, uh, let's talk about some stuff that we have been listening to. Uh, I'll go first, because I, I did the beautiful transition. Uh, I've been kind of hitting up my 2021 favorites, uh, trying to r- arrange my top 10 list. For those, what? What, Jack? What are you laughing at? You know, you got to try to rig those Spotify lists every year. No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to rig my unwrapped. I'm just trying to decide what my favorite albums of the year are. But I like the idea of like pumping your stats in like the last couple of months of the year for your unwrapped. So you can be like, you know, see, like, I listen to cool stuff. Jake just doesn't want everyone to know he's been listening to a lot of Nickelback. He wants no one to know, so he's trying to listen to all this other exotic things so that no one knows he's been pumping Nickelback yeah. in the bathroom every morning while he takes a shower. I didn't think about that. This this will be the first year that my unwrapped isn't skewed by like all the songs I had to like rehearse for like because I would use Spotify to play back songs over and over, like as I was learning them for certain gigs that I'd have and <laughs> it always messed up my unwind. So, yeah, this will be. Why is my name is Jonas, my number one song of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be embarrassed about that, but. <laughs> That's true. That's cool. <laughs> so, what are your faves, Jake? Well, yeah. So, I'm, uh, Jared and I have been collecting our favorite albums of the year uh, since college. And so, I, I'm trying to like look at kind of the underground ones that I maybe listened to a little bit, but didn't give enough time. 
Uh, some of them that I got really into for a while earlier in the year, but just haven't picked up in a bit. Uh, so this week, one album that I really latched onto that I was really into earlier in the summer uh, was, uh, I think it's Between the, the Riches. It's either Riches or Richness. Between the Richness. God dang it. <laughs> it's Between the Richness uh, by Fiddlehead. Uh, <clears throat> and I've not seen Fiddlehead live, but they are a Boston band. And what I didn't know is that they are actually a super group. So they're kind of, they've, they've got the, a couple people from Have Heart, which is like a Boston hardcore band from the 2000s. Uh, there's a guy from Basements in it. And then like some other like smaller acts, like guitar players and bass players and stuff from those acts, all formed this group Fiddlehead. And they have made, yeah, one of my favorite albums of the year. And I've listened to it probably three times this week. Uh, I've just been going back over and over and over it. Uh, it's just kind of that. It's really in my wheelhouse of like post-hardcore emo, indie rock, little shoegaze influence. You know, just like a, a mishmash of everything that I like uh, thrown into like a 28-minute album. Uh, and I've just been listening to it over and over and over again. It's so good. The like drive to come back and listen to it again. Uh, is such like an important part for like what lets me know that I really enjoyed like an album. And that's like the thing I think I've struggled with the most this year is like not really connecting with albums on that level. Like, like I'll listen to it and I'm like, I appreciate this. I like it. But then like, it doesn't catch me. It doesn't hook me and make me want to listen to it again. Um, and some things that's okay. And it can still have that like effect on you, but, uh, I kind of miss that. Like I'm still looking for yeah. those albums that like make me want to come back to it. Yeah. I've had a few this year that I've like really latched onto that maybe aren't like, you know, like, like every year I feel like there's the critical consensus on a few albums that are like, Oh, these are like the critics top picks. And like, these are the arty albums of the year. And like, I think when I was younger, I would be like, I would listen to it once and I'd be like, okay, yeah, that was good. Uh, I get why, you know, like it's critically acclaimed, but then like I would never listen to it again, but I'd still put it at like number four on like my top 10 albums list uh, because I would like feel like I was a, a loser if I didn't think that album was good. But it's like, if I just listen to something once and then never go back to it, like, do I really, is that really one of my favorite albums of the year? Yeah. It's even more telling like a couple years on and you look back and you're like, yeah. Ugh, this had so much hype, but like it did not have the long, long, longativity, longevity, 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 Longe longevity. longitude, <laughs> latitude, the, the latitude, <laughs> a lot, of, all those different terms, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel just more like free to like, yeah. If this is something that catches me, I don't screw the critics, you know. That's yeah. not true. I still like respect that. <laughs> I'm still a slave to pitchfork reviews. Yeah. Um I guess like I'll take that transition because thanks to Pitchfork, there I uh, <laughs> am catching up on <laughs> albums that were highly rated that I didn't really get a chance to like check out whenever they came out, uh to like kind of go through the year of albums. And one of those, uh, is ultra pop by the armed, uh, the armed 
are a Detroit punk band, according to their Spotify biography. And that's literally all it says. <laughs> we are a Detroit. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're a fun band because at least for a long time, I don't know if that's changed recently for a long time. No one knew who was actually in the band. Yeah. Like they would use fake people in their music videos and stuff. And like, no one knew like the identities of the people in the band, which is so cool. Put it on today. Uh, <laughs> tying back to Adele. Uh, apparently Adele is like trying to get Spotify to change their, their music player because sometimes whenever you play an album, it defaults to shuffle mode. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized like halfway through listening to ultra pop that it was on shuffle mode and it's, it's, it's really rough whenever that's like your first impression. Cause you're like, wait, yeah, I was liking some of those transitions and it just makes you second guess, <laughs> you know, like I was like, Oh, yeah. those are, that's a, that's a big decision to go from this song to this song. <laughs> oh wait, it was shuffle. And I think what's interesting about that album is a lot of the songs go like, 100 miles an hour directly into the next song and some of them are like really rough transitions so yeah i've i could see like shuffling it and not even realizing like oh this is like kind of like crazy yeah um but yeah really like interesting listen i i checked out some of their older discography that again like i had seen the albums and disregarded them and uh i particularly liked their the the album that came out before ultra pop uh has like a Ziggy Stardust looking guy on it. Um, oh, that so that was a couple albums before that one, the Untitled. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, the one, the one with the guy with like the he's got like the David Bowie makeup, but he's like smoke bald and smoking a cigarette. That guy, yeah, yeah. The Untitled yeah. album that that is like such a good album. Yeah, uh, and that's what got me into the Armed a few years ago. Yeah, really liked it. Um, so check it out absolutely what have you been listening to jack so i this week have been listening to a lot of colony house uh i just saw them this past saturday play a show at the brooklyn bowl in nashville which is a new venue that opened i i think it was supposed to open like beginning of 2020 and then with all that crap Mm. it got delayed and opened at the end of the year slash beginning of this year but brand new venue super small but super like probably my favorite small venue in nashville currently even though i've only been to one show it's just very intimate (laughs) great balcony situation like very cool place but i went and saw them there and they were just fantastic i'd seen them a couple times before opening for other bands but this was the first uh headline show i got to see by them um and there's a song natural it's off of their new ep called rotten tomatoes um it came out maybe three two three months ago something like that um but it's just a really cool song it's definitely a love song and they're really cool because they like to put a lot of like electric guitar riffs but then they have like acoustic instruments that are prevalent in the song as well like there's an acoustic guitar that's very prevalent throughout it and they have just a lot of like weird kind of drum things going on in it uh they are just so stinking fantastic um their drummer will uh he's just so much fun to watch he and the lead singer caleb their brothers um and he is such a fun drummer to watch and his fills are amazing and just the song is just it's bumping if you haven't heard it i strongly recommend checking it out i have not you showed me colony house once or twice and it was like 
oh yeah this is like a really groovy fun indie pop band yes and they are a I, lot uh, of fun to listen to a lot of fun to watch like they are just great so i've been listening to them a lot since i saw them i've seen them live as a opener also and they're uh i really liked their like lead guitar sound uh i don't know if, if it's just their like touring guitarist or if he like you know records on the album too but uh was really impressed with what he was doing it's something like you don't the the way he was playing you don't see and hear a lot i feel like some bands like hit another gear live and they they kind of sound like they're one of those bands because i watched those clips you sent me jack and it's just the sound was like really big and loud and fun and exciting and it was like wow i mean you get a lot of you get a lot of energy from the record but uh not that kind of energy you know are we going to be a band known for our live performance or a mysterious band that never plays live but has cherished albums i'm gonna go with the second one because there's (laughs) no way anybody would find us interesting live this is the thing though and colony house did this at their show which i thoroughly appreciated um they came out for their encore shirtless and it was just that's fun it turned the level from like 10 to 11 it just immediately changed the whole dynamic of the room they also you know played their biggest songs in the encore um but it was just the room turned a freaking electric so if we ever do become one of those live bands we got to do the encore shirtless that's all i gotta I, say i think if we came out on the stage shirtless the the energy would go from a five to a three you're not wrong um <laughs> what, what was that country song my beer belly oh oh rock in the beer gut <laughs> <laughs> my beer belly pays the bills. <laughs> so I broke my guitar recording this week's riff. No. So. Oh, oh, no. What happened? I am not entirely sure, but like the volume pot on my Fano like just seized and <laughs> it won't turn. So, uh, so like the whole pot's dead? I mean... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Like, I popped the cap off and, like, tried to, like, work it loose with some pliers, and uh, (laughs) that just made it worse. (laughs) That's great. So the next step is to, like, take the whole, uh, you know, pick guard off and figure out what's going on. I don't really want to take it into anyone. I feel like I should put my big boy pants on and learn how to solder off and solder back on (laughs) our volume pot. But uh, I Honestly, I was just thinking that because my... My Gibson has some janky uh, wiring, so I just need to like take all the wiring out, maybe get new pots while I'm at it, and then like solder it all together. And I was like, no, I should just pay somebody to do that. I don't want to learn how to solder. <laughs> I mean, by the time you buy a soldering gun, and <laughs> might be, you know, no, it's not even close to being cheaper. But you know, it could take like two days to get here on Amazon, and who wants to deal with that? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. You don't have to burn your fingers if you take it to someone. They can burn their fingers for you. Like, Yeah, exactly. And they, they are probably less likely to, to burn themselves or mess it up. That's so. very true. But I mean, what's more, what's, more, <clears throat> what's more rock and roll than breaking your guitar, you know, while mm-hmm. you're writing a song? Yeah, I usually think, think people do it a different way, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... So yeah, this week, uh, I kind of spent a lot of time, uh, with an old favorite band of mine. Um, I 
can't remember, Jake. I feel like there's a solid chance you introduced me to this band, but uh, I, I actually will say I probably did not. Uh, I know Yuck. I've listened to a little Yuck, but I wouldn't say I'm a Yuck head. Well, I'd say call oh, me yuck. a Yuck head. <laughs> Uh, call me one of 74,197 <laughs> monthly listeners because <laughs> this month I listened to them. <laughs> um, love it. Yeah. Uh, they're, I love their sound. Like it's like such a big sound, uh, that I, I don't really know like too many other bands that kind of fit in that, that same zone. So we'll like, to me, yeah. And I mean, talk about an album I come back to all the time. So yeah, this week I was really kind of inspired by, it's probably their biggest song, but whatever. Uh, it's Get Away. Would you say it's their biggest song because they have, that has the most lessons on Spotify? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the sound of that. And we were talking about, you know, building songs around riffs. That feels like a song built around a riff, you know? Like the chorus and the intro riff are like the same and it has a whole different vibe when he's singing over it and doing something completely different. Uh, but it, it fits really well in the song. Yeah. The melody being duplicated by like the vocal line and the guitar part is something I like a lot. Like it can be a lot, but whenever you, have you craft the tone to like fit that you know so it isn't just muddy it's like really stark mm. parts and that like trebly octave fuzz kind of thing they got going on works really well for that um i will say i think this kind of was the first time writing a riff that i actually was writing it with kind of like a melody a vocal melody in mind as Ooh. opposed to just like doing you know the guitar thing and i'm like that's cool i'm sure like when we put a melody to it it'll work <laughs> maybe uh <laughs> we'll and, find something <laughs> and that kind of came from like you know a little bit of like last week we talked about i don't know i just like coming out of like last week i just felt like you know n there was something lacking with like what i brought and i i wanted to like um yeah see if i could like do something that was more song like so yeah, that's what I strove for. Now that I set myself up on a high pedestal. <laughs> Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go. All right, here we go.
So I, I totally know what you mean in terms of like going for a song. Cause that already felt like, I feel like yuck and pavement kind of have a little bit of similar vibe, but like that, that kind of like jangly open chord kind of guitar playing and yeah you could kind of feel it like being a verse pre-chorus chorus kind of vibe and i like that melody like the like that that's like a good melody that you could totally see like building a chorus around uh but it's like a very subtle nice like guitar sound as well on top of that uh chord progression no i agree a thousand percent i think it goes exactly what like you were talking about where like on that yuck song that it was a song that was built around the riff. Like I can absolutely see vocals singing a melody over that and like a song really being built around that. Like I stinking love that. Like I could absolutely see us building a song around there. I can picture the drums in my head, like what we would do for that. Like go in like in the transitions from the verse to the chorus, to the bridge. Like I think I love that. Totally agreed. Yeah, no, that. At first, like, the verse was kind of plugging along, and I was like, okay, this is good, this is good, I'm vibing with it, but I was, like, waiting for it to go somewhere, and then it started just kind of moving along, and, yeah, I think I think you really hit the nail on the head on what you were trying to do. Well, thanks, guys. Um, <laughs> great. Well, this podcast is about buddies helping buddies out and being nice to buddies. And, Jake, so I'm excited to hear what you've got this week. Oh, man. Uh, what was your inspiration? So I, I might I might wax poetic a little bit about my inspiration because uh, this band is amazing and I love them and I had never heard of them before this album that I'm going to bring up. Uh, Don't Know What I Am uh, by Alien Boy. Uh, they're a band from Portland. And I, I, I'm telling you right now, I bought a chorus pedal because of this band. Uh, I think this band, this band is... Like I, 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 okay. First off, I, I've known I need more modulation in my pedal board for a while. Uh, but like this band, like combines like all the emo y kind of punk rock stuff that I like with some like very like washed out shoegazy almost like distortion and guitar and reverb and like I, I, I was just so inspired by this band's sound and like all the elements that they combine. Uh. And yeah, I've just been listening to this album over and over and over again this year. So this is Dear Nora by Alien Boy. So it's funny just how in a different context you like hear different things about a song. Because I've heard the song like several times. Uh, I really, really like that album uh, since you showed it to me, Jake, uh, a while back. (laughs) And uh, but that intro like i was hearing like loveless by my bloody valentine like absolutely yeah doing the like whammy bar kind of like chord like whammy and like entire chords to like give that like wavy like shoegazy sound and i think i missed it because like the vocal lines are so like uh modern like pop punk that or uh or emo or i don't know what genre but uh <laughs> it's all the same they're all melded together <laughs> like it's which is so different than my bloody valentine but uh it it kind of is like the melding of those two genres i really like that yeah i i think like that whole album they they their guitar tone that they dialed in is like 
very distorted, but with like the perfect amount of yeah, like reverb and modulation on there to just wash out everything. And that yeah, that's that's where I get like that shoegaze vibe from it. Is like you can totally tell that like that wall of guitar is like such an inspiration to them, and that's what made it such a fun inspiration for me. I made a name for this one. Uh, this one I called <laughs> Wiz. I called Wizard. Wizard. <laughs> how to plug your course pedal in (laughs) (laughs) i turned all the knobs up too (laughs) i was gonna i was gonna say uh before this uh insider knowledge for our listeners jake usually just labels his songs like week one week two week three and i always come up with some random name for uh for my tracks uh mostly whenever I like save the Ableton file, something unique. And, uh, this week, since I was inspired by yuck, I named it hockey puck. And, uh, but, uh, usually has nothing to do with the song itself. Uh, but I, I I get the wizard vibes, Jake. Thank you. The wizard just jumped out to me. That ending crescendo was, was, very nice. Yes, very much so. Love like the drums going double time towards the end, like just the da 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 da. Like love that. Like that was great. I like that riff a lot. Um, and, and I, I think what's funny is Jared, you're kind of mentioning like I want to go more in like a a songwriting direction than like a guitar playing direction, and I think we've both kind of scaled back like making the guitar the focal point in terms of like. So like solely focusing it around like a specific guitar part where and we've both kind of gone towards like how how do, can we build into a song because that's like the hard part uh mm-hmm. and like we i found a hook pretty quickly once i had like found the chord progression i wanted to use uh the hook kind of fell out once i had, I had written the structure yeah um and like i can imagine that being in a live setting like so easily and i know that from like experiences i've had before like the way songs change when you have to prepare them to be done live you know or like when you do them live uh is can be really useful uh for 
like how you write the song, you know, or like how you arrange it. It's not necessarily what you should do to like record it. Like, but I mean, there's pros and cons to both, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that, that your, your track specifically like has like, I would want to hear that live. Like I want to play that live just because there's so much you can do. Like, you know, with that kind of improv at the end to just rock out. It's a good rock out. (laughs) I agree with Jared where that is absolutely a song I want to play live. Like from a drumming perspective, I see us being able to do some really cool Tom stuff kind of building into that crescendo. Like Jared was saying, where we Mm -hmm. go like a little double time and just kind of rock out at the very end of it. Like, I think that it's got a very catchy kind of, tag that could even turn into the melody very easily um and yeah, yeah i i think that that's i mean i think both of you had insanely strong contenders this week for things that could turn into some really Aww. cool songs thanks jack we're gonna wrap it up for this week uh fellas it's been a blast uh folks if you're following along on spotify please subscribe uh give us a review and uh, follow us on the social medias. On Instagram, we're bad.wallpaper.band. And on Twitter, we're bad underscore wallpaper. Uh, folks, follow us on Twitter. We have no tweets and two followers. It is going great over there on the social medias. Uh, so, yeah, uh, any, anything else, guys? Any, anything you want to say signing off? I put you on the spot every week, and there's never anything. <laughs> You, you just do such a good job. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs>